Hi, everybody, and welcome to John Hennigan's Old Time Radio Show. So glad you could join us. It's going to be really terrific. we got some really wacky, zany old records for you tonight. Boy, oh boy. It's, it's going to be a swell time. <laughs> Ready, Eden? <laughs> I'm always ready. Yeah? I was born ready. Are you? <laughs> Just sit around and do nothing. <laughs> so some of us are fearful that you might get on your phone and lose focus. I'm not on phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's August 14th, 2015. Something that you started me doing now. Yeah, good. This is good. Yeah, this is it's a good. good thing. But what, is, what is time, really? It's old brother. Let's not go there. This is a continuation of our uh, jazz and dance band show because it was so great that the hour went by so quick. We just have so many more records we want. Oh yeah, there's so many. We could go on and on with this jazz stuff. Boy, there's so much fabulous jazz. And we're here with uh, R. Crumb in his uh, yes luxurious record room. I mean, it's it's unbelievable in here. Yes, it's nice. When I die, I want to go to this room. (laughs) And speaking of dying, I think maybe maybe I'll say a few words about my buddy Don Kent, who just passed away, who some of you listening to this podcast may realize is not doing the podcast anymore. Right. But uh, Don was a great guy. People really, love Don's podcast. Yeah, well, the... I mean, oh, yeah? we got more huh. more comments about Crumbs and Don's podcast than, huh. than anything else. Yeah. And you know, Don uh, Don was just a great guy, really good friend, and uh, it's good that you really did those open it. You know, sharing music and all. It's good stuff. that you did those podcasts with him. That's probably the only time his voice has really been heard, right? Yeah, he was yeah. such a kind of like below the radar guy, and yeah. It's such a wealth of information and enthusiasm, and so now the, you know, all these at least, great stories. You know, at, least at least now some he belongs to down. the ages, anyway. Yeah, some of them got down. I mean, the the, the this uh, other than losing my my friend, uh, the sad part is, you know, the last time we got together, we had all these great plans for podcasts we were going to do. He was really enthusiastic right. about, you know, this that and the other thing. But we got some of them. You know, you just never know. You know, life is. Uh, Fragile at any point, especially in America, where the medical system's so shitty, life becomes really fragile. This is true, uh, but you know, I just figure I uh, just wanted to say a few words about the great, great, great man Don Kent, my buddy. Yep, he would bring up seventies, from especially for me, female singers. He thought I would sound good. Singing or that, I would be oh yeah, hmm. yeah really huh. well you know that was just what Don Don was just such a positive guy. He encourages us so much to yeah. play music and to you know, hey, that's just the way he was. You know, yeah, he he went out of his way to come up with records that he thought yeah. we'd sound good doing, and you know, was always so uh, excited to play female singers he thought you'd never heard that he thought were great. You were great. Great guy. Yeah, and he was about my age. Yeah. So that's food for thought. 
Oh, you never know. You, know, you, you never know. know. I mean, the one thing you have is, you know, probably access to much better health care. Yeah. At least you're not going to be judged on your income, which I guess wouldn't be a problem for you anyways. But, but you know. I try and avoid doctors at all costs, you know, if I can, yeah. yeah. Stay away from them is my policy, if yeah. you can. I don't trust them. Possibly. Either. America is the worst place to get sick. It's a frightening yeah. thing. Anytime you have any mildly serious medical condition, you know, dealing with the American medical system, you realize it's all about profit and uh, yeah. it's terrifying, you know, because yeah. you don't know the information that you're getting is so controlled by corporate interests. You, yeah, you're that's just not right. sure even, you can't yeah. make, you know, educated decisions because the information yeah. is skewed. And the, yeah, it is. And even the doctors, their information has been skewed and they, they're even brainwashed yeah. by the, the doctors mercenary are brainwashed, I think, into thinking that they're doing good when <clears throat> sometimes it's it's just all about money. Yeah. And sometimes it's over treatment or yeah. the causes that, you know, that don't happen to be the uh, flavor of the month they miss, you know, and all that stuff. It's just like a, a quick example of that that's like, you know, such a minor thing, but it just shows you like the way they think. Like I was having trouble like so waking up in the morning and having stuff in my eye, especially my right eye. It was all swollen and irritated. It started Ew. getting a little infected. Yeah. So Gross. it's this, this eye doctor and right away they're like, Oh yeah, you know, you need plastic surgery on your eyelid and when they realized I had good insurance, you know. You you need plastic surgery? Yeah, we're going to pull it back. Blah, blah. I said, well, wait a second. Plastic surgery? I said, what, what do you think is causing this? And they said, well, have you not been sleeping much lately? And I said, yeah, I've been working like around the clock, like long hours. Like there's many nights where I sleep like four or five hours tops. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, it's called restless eye syndrome or something. It's no, just your sloppy, eye flaps get loose. Sloppy so, like, you know, syndrome. dirt and stuff gets in there. Is your apartment dusty? I said, yeah, it's dusty. You know? mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, you could also just, like, get more sleep. But, you know, they weren't even going to mention that until I'm, you know. Like, Jeez, until so you need was, plastic surgery. just look at your, you know, insurance and know that, like, you know, this is covered. Yeah. They wanted to do, like, plastic surgery on yeah, it. And, if you're and as soon as I started sleeping again, it went away, you know. Baby but shampoo. if you're submissive, you say, well, good, okay, yeah. when, you know, set me up for surgery. When you make an appointment, yeah, let's go. go yeah, that was the other I'll thing that, that somebody told me. Just, you know, every day, like, you know, wash her out with an eye cup and then just wash it with baby shampoo and it won't get infected, which I did and worked great, you know. Or plastic surgery. <laughs> Incredible. You know, right? Unbelievable. That's, just, that's America. Floppy. Floppy. F-E-F. Look, when you look this good, you don't need no nip and tucking, man. You don't need no eyelids. That's right. Okay, well, right. let's... On with the show. On let's get the to show. the music, which always uplifts and puts us in a better mood. Yeah. <laughs> let's start with, with Mississippi Wobble by Jimmy Wade and his Dixielanders, Black Chicago Orchestra. Jimmy Wade died young. He died shortly after the recording, I think. There's photos of him I've seen that he was a little sickly-looking guy. Real really? Wow. S- little skinny, sickly-looking guy. Huh. You're cool. You have this record. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. 
Do not have it. You are the envy of the town. Of course, now that you have a photo of it, it might come to you. Yeah. That's one that, you know, I, I actually saw, like, up on eBay recently. Went for a lot, though. Oh, yeah, really? No yeah. shit. Yeah. I was on eBay. Huh. Yep, yeah. Ken Swirlow's collection, I'm pretty sure. Huh. Okay. What's this? This is Wingy Manone's Orchestra. Oh, great. Yeah. Tar Paper Stump. Yeah, you hit me to these champions. I got three of them. I you think. got all. That's there's th there's all only three of them. Okay. You got them all, huh? Yeah, I had a duplicate of this. This was one of those records that I got all these for like the opening bid, which was like fifteen twenty dollars. No kidding. Yeah, and when that one, <laughs> I got that one first. Then I got the other two. It took a while because they didn't turn up, and then that one turned up on another auction. I got it. For another E plus copy for like 15 bucks. I was so happy and I Incredible. realized, wait a second, I already got that one. <laughs> so I, I wow. sold it to my friend. Wow. They must be fairly common or something. Yeah, probably sold well, you know. I don't know. He, he was popular later on, so That's right. those deck of champions maybe kept selling, you know. Yeah. Well, these are like simultaneous with Bluebird was issuing stuff that he was recording at that time around 35. That was probably much more popular, yeah. right? Yeah. And so these are taken from 1930. They just reissued them. Right. And those are those are the good ones. Yeah, those are, yeah they're great. Yeah, you hit me to those and uh, I got them all relatively quickly. Tar so you folks out there can do the same. <laughs> Thank you. 
impeccable. Nice record. Yes. What was that one you suggested before the oh Rusty looks syncopators, yeah. Yeah. Great band. You're gonna play what? Florida Florida, Florida Rhythm? Rhythm yeah. It's a great, great band. Oh my god. Rusty looks syncopators, a black orchestra from Florida. They're from northern Florida, like Jacksonville or someplace. Or maybe, what? Maybe, yeah, I think that was it. I think that's right. This is a very eccentric Florida rhythm. some weird rhythm happening there it's just you know sounds perfectly normal but you won't hear anybody else play like that <laughs> the composer credit on that and a lot of the ross records is a guy named robert cloud the mysterious figure in jazz history oh yeah nobody yeah. knows who he is he didn't play in the band as far as we know i know much about him there's one record on clarion by him robert cloud and his orchestra really that's huh. a rather odd record Interesting. Yeah. 
Jelly Roll Morton. Oh, yeah. And his Red Hot Peppers, is that what we're going to hear? This is Jelly Roll Morton and his orchestra. Oh, okay. Called Try Me Out. Look how bright the gold is on that label. Yeah. It's pretty. So is this, uh, you know, is this like after the Red Hot Peppers or is it just arbitrary what name they put on there? Kind of arbitrary. Yeah. Sometimes they say Red Hot Peppers and by this time, late 20s, they sometimes say and his orchestra. Yeah. Mr. Jelly Roll. What a great band, huh? I mean, during that period, did that guy make a bad record? You know? <laughs> I don't, none that I ever heard. Yeah, I mean, it's just... They start to decline around 1930. They start to sound a little less interesting. Yeah, but all the early stuff is just... Yeah. Some hmm. of the very last victors are not not quite as intense, not quite as interesting. I don't know why hmm. what's happened. He, he said he was cursed, but, you know... Yeah, what was his curse. story? You did a comic on it, right? The he voodoo curse. He told it all to Alan Lomax about the voodoo curse that was put on him by some angry woman or something, I forget. Huh. And everything started to go wrong for him then, but I think it was, in his mind, a cover-up for his obnoxious personality, which he just alienated everybody eventually. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Here's an obscure record. Okay. This is the Benny Miroff Orchestra. 
Hmm. It's called Smiling Skies. And this one is like famous for having Wild Bill Davison on it. Oh. It's an odd one. Wild Bill Davis and Jesus. That was really, really good. You know, I was actually thinking as I was sitting there listening to that, and I, I just realized I just felt better. And then I was thinking, like, you know, if that kind of music was like the music of everyday life, like if you went into some <laughs> restaurant or department store and they were playing that as opposed to some stupid 
pop music or yes, electronic you, garbage. You would be feel a lot happier. I would be I so believe much more. Me. You would be a happier adjusted. person. Yeah. Yes, you would. Yeah, it, I agree. That's what brings me down. Is me this, too. This constant bombardment, like, like I notice every once in a while, you know, I try to avoid this at all costs, but you know, every once in a while, I end up like shopping with Eden, especially when you're on like vacation. That's right, going to market. You got to listen to that I tell her like, I'll shit. wait outside. That's and right. She's like, well, why don't you come in? It's air conditioned. I'm like, you don't understand, like that music, like it, right away, my Put shoulders you, tighten. That's right, puts you in my a bad back mood. Tightens. I agree. I stiff and. Irritated, tr- totally true. I and go to the I market. I could be happy, but at the same time, I feel off. You know, I go to the market with Aileen, and the music just puts me in a foul mood, and I just it just does. And Aileen says, "Well, just tune it out." And I says, "I can't, I can't tune it out." Me neither. I'm so uh, connected to music for yeah, whatever reason. Yeah, your ears are so attuned to music; it takes over everything. That's right, it does it pervades the atmosphere. But it you know, but then the I notice, like you know, if I go to the Jalopy Theater. And hear like my friends, like the downhill struggles oh, yeah. or something like very uplifting. Paxton. Like I could be like in the back and someone could be talking to me when I'm trying to get up there to listen or whatever, but I'm just in a better mood. That's right, yep. Just having that music around me. I you know, totally having beautiful agree. Beautiful music around me. You know, anytime I hear like someone like Dom Flemons or, you know, Craig mm-hmm. Ventresco, Meredith Axelrod, any That's of those right. people play, you just instantly feel better. That's you do, yes, yes. The air becomes lighter. It's just yeah. the whole atmosphere just lightens up. The air smells fresher, and you feel lighter in your feet and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. Moonshine Holler, these great bands, you know. <laughs> yeah. Brotherhood of the Jug Band, That's why it's Whiskey so, Spitters. so uplifting Jack, to... Jackson Lynch. You hear any of these guys play, you just... You to see these young people better. playing really nice mu- music is really uplifting yeah it gives you hope for the future yeah there's a lot of hope out there i gotta say like i never saw it when i started because i was so isolated collecting old records and yeah. playing old music didn't know hardly anybody interested. imagine if there was nobody playing that kind of music how depressing that would be <laughs> I, I was really depressed in my mid-20s when i was really getting into this music mm-hmm. i think part of it was because i'd really discover this thing that I loved and I realized that there was nowhere that the world was reflecting this back to me you know You're right that, and, right and, very and, alienated and then something happened you know in the either the common collective or just you know as simple as like you know Jeff and Lynette Wiley who opened the jalopy theater and like Jeff told me once like that he, you know he just knew that if he opened this place and created the right atmosphere that the musicians would come Huh. And you can go there like any night of the week almost and you just hear great music and it's just huh. oh man, thank God for that place. Yep. You know? Yep. In New right. York the most cutthroat like business type attitude everywhere. Yeah. It's just like going over to your friend's house. That's but, right. It's very hard to do anything like that in New York. Very hard. Oh, and believe me, I mean I can see how hard they struggled to keep really? even though it's very I think for what huh. it is it's very successful, but that's relative to everything, you know. It's yeah. like, like the, it's a it's a battle to keep it going, yeah. but thank God they're doing it. You right. know, Farrell Foster booking Roots and Ruckus. Like I never forget. Like you know, the first people that I met that played old music was from record collectors like Pat Conte and Bob Guida. We would play yeah. the oldest Brothers and us, mm-hmm. and that was it. We didn't know anybody else. Huh. You know, <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, there was like his other band, the Cane Break Rattlers. Yeah. You know, like, but I didn't n- know those people. So. Well, back in the hippie days, you know, in the folknik revival and all that, there was bands playing old-time music and everything, but to me they were kind of off because they, they weren't 
They didn't go back far enough. They didn't listen to the old stuff. It's not really probably entirely their fault because they didn't have access to it. Yeah, it was, like, it clearly was very hard to it, find. Yeah, it was harder to access. It was. It's hard to find. So they were getting a third generation watered down something, version yeah, of it. Something, yeah. You know, a lot of jug bands that were kind of corny and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's right. Jim know. Quesk and all that stuff. Didn't it was have hokey. The, the ruggedness, you know. It's, and now these kids that are playing music now, like kids in the 20-somethings, 30-somethings, and they're not, it's not that they're playing note for note from old records, but there's something naturally authentic about them. It's naturally authentic. I'm not sure what, what that's about. Well, you know, when I was playing a couple of these kind of crappy clubs with like the Otis Brothers, this what, what I called a kid, I mean, he's probably still a teenager, this guy, Farrell Foster, would come and hear us and he was kind of a nut. You know, I liked him right away. There was something off about yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> he'd say, you know, would, would you guys play my night, Roots and Ruckus? I'm booking a night, you know. Huh. He said, Roots and Ruckus, well, what is it? He's like, well, I'm trying to, you know, do a night of old-time music and, you know, folk music that's like, you know, you know, authentic old-time music. So me and Pat just kind of looked at each other and said, okay, you know, like, how are we going to say no? You know, this kid seems yeah. crazy, but, you yeah. know. And that was what became the, you know, he eventually, as soon as Jalopy opened, he was the guy who starts, you know, booked us over there. Remember huh. we played, like, on a Wednesday night. He still does it. And, I mean, huh. you know, people like that you know put so much effort into you know having a place to play for mm-hmm. people you know right because lord knows i don't have the energy to but, do it but they really got go against this tide of commercialism that's so powerful and it's when you listen to this old music from the 20s is that there was so much great music before this thing happened this tide of business domination of music that's so pervasive and strong in the later decades that you know, it it takes taking me decades to figure it out. What what the hell happened? It was just the commercialization, it's turning like music else, into a business. Yeah. Purely you see it in business. my neighborhood when corporate interest comes in and starts taking over. You know, yeah, these businessmen start telling people to how to perform. Exactly, you don't even have to because it's just you know. Well, now it's completely internalized. Yeah, but. But the funny thing is, is that the music business with the birth of uh, downloading and the internet, like all of a sudden out of nowhere started showing these huge cracks. And then you feel like that had a lot to do with people going like, yeah, maybe I'll find something else to do, something else to listen to, something else to play, you know. It's got to be something related to that, you know. The fact that now, you know, there's not as much like interest in like trying to be a professional musician because it's almost fucking impossible yeah <laughs> yeah and it's to go back impossible to, just, to you know if you really just ask yourself playing music like what music makes me happy to play which is really right. the only question you should ask yourself well then you get a whole different result not everybody but a lot of people will get a different well, result you, you, you play know? it for your own pleasure and for the pleasure of the people around you in your intimate circle or India. Yeah, but I'm not saying you know, you that you live in. like it, of course, you know, it's, yeah, it's you nice want... to have people like oh, it. Yeah. But, but when the main, uh, you know, driving factor is what makes you happy, you take mm-hmm. out all the marketing strategies and the fucking schemes of, to get rich and famous, all of a sudden people start making music again, you know. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And that's sort of what might be happening now. There's a, I mean, not that a lot of those bands aren't trying to to make money and play shows and tour and stuff, you know why not? But you know, it's different. Like it doesn't have, there's no corporate interest there going like, okay, well, you know, do this and that and you'll be big because there's no money anymore. It's just it's such nickels and dimes. Yeah. So there's only room for a few 
acts like that that are really top acts that get like you know twenty or thirty thousand people to come see them. It's, yeah, there'll always be that. There's only know. room for a few of those. Yeah, but just the fact that a band like the Downhill Strugglers can exist. These kids just really do an authentic thing, and they, and they you know they just played the Newport Folk Festival. You know, I mean, hmm. more power to them. Yeah, man. yeah, sure. You know, sure, absolutely. I mean, you know. I remember as a, even as a kid in the 50s, my mother had the radio on while she was cleaning, and the music was so dreary that even as a kid it depressed me. The, the pop music of the time was so dreary. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I have a clear memory of riding around in the car with my mom listening to AM radio and at an early age feeling depressed. Yeah. You know, and that was James Taylor. Pervaded and the atmosphere with a kind this of weird. Dip, ugh. I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize at the time, but now it's so clear to me that this. So what like decade are you talking about? Seventies. I was born sixty-eight, early seventies. You know, AM radio. Wow. You know, it was, it was so, it was like folk, but super slicked Ugh. up. You know, like I remember hearing songs Ugh. like, uh, you know, "Slip Sliding Away" and like all this kind of stuff. In That's the radio. very interesting. Is that same reaction in the fifties to Rosemary Clooney and Perry Como and Eddie Fisher and Joni James and Patty Page and Doris Day and Frankie Lane and oh, it was all so depressing. My mother used to have that on playing all day while she was working in the house. Yeah, background music. Yeah, on the My radio. Mom had the radio on all the time yeah, too. Yeah, and then there came that period, awful period of like Mitch Miller and Ray Conniff and that kind of stuff. We had those so records terrible. growing up. My mom had like Sing Along with Mitch Miller. Oh God, that was just so yeah. awful. Yeah. It's odd that I was so interested in music as a kid because my parents weren't, you know. Yeah. So I, had, yeah. I had like five records. I had like an Elvis record, a Mitch Mitchell record, a Dolly Parton record, a, a, a Willie Nelson record, you know. Huh. And I guess there was also like a B.B. King record. Or, I, hmm. I, and now that I say that out loud, I realize there was something that I found. But huh. it, music was just background to them, you know. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Something they were interested in, really. right? And my mother used to, when I got interested later and asked her about it, you know, when she grew up in Philadelphia and that she was born in 1920, she said she, she remembers at the end of the 20s in the summer in her neighborhood, every other house people would be playing live music. Every other house they'd be in there playing banjos, pianos, guitars, yeah. saxophones. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Entertain yourself. Yeah. So I don't, don't know. rely on some schmo doing it who's got corporate funding. Yeah, that's why I even welcome like you know the ukulele fad. As people are playing ukuleles, that's great. No, it is great. That, I mean, that, that's you know a very accessible instrument. Yeah, you know, kids can play it, pick up a couple chords, yeah. and so, it, it's a great starting point for uh, you know playing live music. Yeah, you know, who was somebody some, we were having dinner with the other night said that their two kids were playing ukuleles? Somebody. I forget. It was the guy from London. It was the guy Rodolfo? Yeah, Rodolfo, hmm. yeah. His kids are like seven and nine years old or something like that. Yeah, I bought my nieces ukuleles. And I don't hmm. have a lot of time because they live in Sweden to spend with them, but I'm hoping that they get interested in it. I huh. was having a discussion with my brother the other day, and I told him, you know, it's time to get, get a piano. Just give him piano lessons. Like they're like going on six and eight. Like start now. Just, you know. Say, all right, you got to take piano lessons for a year. After a year, if you don't like it, you don't have to do it. By that time, you already have it in there, you know. 
Let's like listen to a good ukulele record. Okay. You probably have this record. Memphis Blues by Johnny Marvin and William Carolla. Yes, I only have it because yeah. year, years ago a cool dude played it for me. Dude. And that cool dude is you. You didn't put this on the radio, did you, before? I don't think so. No. Well, for many years I came here, we, we didn't have microphones, we just listened to records. Playing. Oh yeah, nice. So underappreciated style for sure. Yeah. And there are not many records of that, you know, not many solo records like that. Yeah. I'm back. Hey, she's, she's back. She's back. I'm gonna go with Eileen to look in the clothing store. Okay, cool. <laughs> Eden is leaving the studio now, and she's yeah, taking so some of John's money with her. Here's a hundred euros. Have fun, baby. That's a problem with those euros. It doesn't seem real. Go ahead, buy yourself an outfit over there. <laughs> Get yourself something shiny. You're such a philistine. You're leaving just as I'm playing this fabulously great jazz record by the State Street Ramblers. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Jeanette Electra beating me, even. That's right. I listened to the podcast later. This came well, she, from she a, a black radio DJ in Chicago. 
You ever heard that one, How Would You Like to Be Me? No, I don't know this one, <laughs> but I love this band. Some of their stuff on Champion. Yeah, this is an odd group of musicians that didn't record very much this particular the state street ran was kind of a cover name for various like the people famous hokum boys or something yeah various mean people. a lot of different things right Top want. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. State Street Runner is extremely rare, my friend. Yeah, it's a tough one, right? Yeah, it's, this one's all cracked and beat up. Got two cracks in it. It plays fine now. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. So, fortunately, it was re well recorded. Yeah. You ever heard Harry's Happy Four? No. Swing in the Swing. No. This came out of the big German collection. I bought this from Nevins. That oh, cool. That day we were there with. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. 
Let me play this just to see this Lampy's Orchestra. It's just noisy, you know. Prince of Wales by Lampy's Orchestra from the Trinon Ballroom of Chicago. Okay, let's give it a spin. It's just a great record. It's a, Prince of Wales is a great tune. Wonderful record. That's great. Think that's uh, worth keeping in the radio show? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll clean it up. You'll be surprised. I'll send well, it to. I you. think you have to spend a lot of time taking those clicks out. Just leave them in. Yeah, that's that's. Might be worth it. Just leave them in. It's not that bad. Play it's a great band. What an interesting arrangement. Like all, all that weird rhythm in the high end. There's a lot going on. Sections. Yeah, yeah a lot, a lot going on. Yeah. And I've never really heard anything like that before, arrangement-wise. Look how bad that looks. <laughs> yeah. This record's all fucked up. But it's funny, like, aside from, I mean, it's got cracks, it's got heat damage, but then the rest of it does look, like, pretty shiny. Yeah, it's it's, it sad. doesn't have needle wear. Yeah, exactly. You know, if it, if it wasn't it's got every problem except needle wear. Damage, <laughs> it, would, it would play perfectly well, yeah. Yeah. What a shame. Yeah. Somebody carelessly left this out in the heat dum-dums sometimes you go to like a flea market and you see some 78 sitting out in the hot sun just like all warped and just because the guy's putting them out in the sun you know yeah 
Thanks a lot. Yeah. I'm Crazy About My Baby by Ted Lewis. Oh, of course. It's a masterpiece. We could do that, or we could do Sobbin' Blues by Ted Lewis. It's also great. Do, do I'm Crazy About My Baby just because okay. it's another great Fats Waller vocal. and He's a guy that, you know, was another guy that I, I wasn't that interested in until I heard these early recordings. You oh, know? that's right. Yeah. He did tons of records later that are of, you know, marginal interest for some for guys like us. But I mean, the early you, stuff's great. You'll never and Ted Lewis's band is so great. You'll never hear a better vocal uh, than this this record. I agree. Yeah. And, or a better band. Or a better band. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's top yeah. top notch item. Yeah. I'm crazy about my vape by Ted Lewis and his band. Yeah. And we are spared Ted Lewis's clarinet playing too. <laughs> Baby's crazy about me. Baby's crazy. 
crazy about me. Great piano by Fats Waller, too. Love the way they slow down a little bit on that last time huh. through, you know? Oh, so good. I wonder if, I'm looking to see if he's credited on the label as a, as a vocalist. Because so, it's Ted Lewis and his band, Foxtrot. I don't think it says anything about him on there. Incidental, incidental singing. Incidental, that's what you call that? Yeah. Call it one of the greatest vocals ever recorded. <laughs> and then the song credits him, Waller and Hill, probably Alex Hill. He was a he was a great songwriter. I mean, yes, he was. So many great songs. Oh, yeah, he did. And before they burnt him out, you know, he was just so That's good right. in those early yeah. recordings. Yeah, I, I love the um, like uh, Fats Waller and his buddies yeah. records. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, should play one of those as the yeah. last one. Yeah, looking good but feeling bad. Great. Oh yeah, it's really great. <clears throat> I saw a film clip of Fats Waller from like 1940 or 39, not too long. I think he died in 43. And he's doing Ain't Misbehave, and is obviously he's so sick of the tune, you can tell that he just hates singing it. Huh. You know, but he's in the, he's making a movie, you know. But you can see, you can see he's really sick, totally sick of it. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who's just burnt out, right? Like, yeah. And he had to do that, like, clowning thing. You know, and that's that kind of right. made him famous. That's and then right. it's like you get in that thing where now yeah. you have to be the clown. That's you know? right. Come on, be and, funny. And you're fats. talking about like you know one of the greatest musicians, singers, songwriters, piano player, and then you're stuck being the clown. You know, that's right. especially and then you have the white black thing. Not only are you the clown, but you're the black guy clowning up for the white people. Like, I mean, that, that had to make you like angry, bitter, <laughs> that had hostile, to be really demoralizing. I, I mean, when you combine all those things with his talent level, you know. Yeah. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. But I will say this. I, I remember I, I read somewhere, I could be wrong, but about this particular band, Fats Waller and his buddies, that they actually were like, after the After Hour band, they played for brunches in Harlem, I read somewhere. Really? I read that like he had it, his, his regular gig. Then there was, of course, like the After Hours band, and then he had this band that, like, they would play all night Saturday night and then show up at this restaurant in Harlem and play for brunch. And that was this particular band, really? Fat Wallers and His Buddies. Wow. And this record on, and again, just having that realization, like, if I was eating brunch and this is what was happening, how <laughs> happy imagine? I would be. Can yeah. you fucking imagine? <laughs> oh, no. yeah, you want to come to brunch? It's, it's almost <laughs> inconceivable. <you know? laughs> we went out to that pizza restaurant the other night, and that, horrible fucking trance music they were playing at top volume you know the food's great but you just want to fucking uh, yes. die and you know? we begged them to please turn it down and said no we can't we yeah. can't turn it down that's one of his buddies i is a racially mixed band too i think huh interesting well, tea garden was in that band well tea garden and him played a lot right in different variations yeah yeah around that period yeah you did a lot of bands together. They really sounded good sessions. together, actually. Well, I guess he, T-Garden's the only white guy in the Fats Waller and his buddies band. Yeah, let's hear Looking Good But Feeling Bad with All right. vocal by The Wanderers, which I really like a lot, too, actually. Yeah, yeah. This is going to take us out, so thanks for doing it, man. I feel like we could do ten more of these shows. Oh, yeah, this could go on and on. This music has put me in such a great mood, I can't <laughs> tell you. Me, too. Thank you. 
Amen. And as for the audience, so long for a while. We love That's you. That's all the songs for a while. We love you. We love your audience. Thanks for tuning in to John's old time radio show. Ooh, that was nice. Please join us next time, where John will chastise you, call you stupid, and say fuck off. Thank you and good night. <laughs> I'm great. I'm, I'm going to use that in every Fun. show. Every show is going to end with that from now on.